everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Bishop of the Bird, Nick, and with me, as always, Gator. And today, we will be trying a cigar from a relatively newer brand, I think, and it is the Hiram and Solomon Master Mason. We have That the, would be the Mason logo on the band, I'm seeing. Yes. In the uh, blue and silver. So, a so little background on Hiram and Solomon. The founders are Freemasons, and so all of their cigars are named after titles in the Mason ranking system, and they, uh, aside from their, their work ruling the world, I guess, in the background, they uh, also... Along do, with the Rothschilds and the Gettys. They do a lot of charitable work, and so a portion of the proceeds from the sale of the uh, Shriner cigars go towards charity work. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. You know who else is in the Pentabrinth? The, the colonel. The colonel. That's where we're going with this, huh? Yeah. Okay. There's 11 <laughs> herbs and spices keep you up fortnightly. <laughs> they make you crave it fortnightly. <laughs> oh, you're going to buy my chicken. going to buy my chicken. <laughs> oh, with those wee beady eyes. How I married an axe murder. Oh, my God. So, anyway, so, yeah, we have the, uh, the Hiram and Solomon Master Mason. Uh, this is the Toro. I don't know if they actually use that sizing. But it's it's a Toro size, so yes. Anyway, beautiful, beautiful band. It is very elaborate, like you said. Has the Mason logo on there, and Jeff still does not have a cutter. No, I'm borrowing your cutter. Okay, again. so anyway. I can't do. A, I want to do a cold draw on this really bad, and really I can't. Bad. So I'm just can't. smelling this cigar. What's it smell like, there, Jeff? Cigar. Okay. So it's time now to never gets old. <laughs> you say you always say that, and yet it always does. It is now time to cut the cigar. I like how you do that. You know, you got to have a little showmanship to it. That's right. Oh, and the ashtray's way over there. Because why would it be close? Why would it? Here, you can have this ashtray. Yeah, the one that's filled with all the gunk. (laughs) Folks. That's my brick house. If you've ever been to a cigar lounge where they just completely ignore cleaning out the ashtrays, that's what it's like to smoke at Jeff's house. It's not a cigar lounge. It's my <laughs> dick, you dick. You just leave. I mean, dude, some of these cigar butts. Look at that cut. Are probably Holy from crap. the last time we smoked. That's a thing of beauty right there. Look at that. That is. You, wow. You, you cut that well. I did. Going somewhere, for the cold draw. Somewhere there is a pediatrician that's just jealous as hell of that cut. A moil. <laughs> I could be a moil. <laughs> I was only Jewish. Are there any Baptist moils? Oh. I don't, I don't think that's even a thing. So what are you getting on the cold draw there? Okay. So uh-oh, uh-oh, I don't know uh-oh. this cigar. Uh-oh. This might prove interesting. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting mint. No, you're not. Swear to God. No. No. I hate to say this. You're going to you're gonna hate me. Did you like just brush your teeth before you no, came out it, here it or tastes, something? No, it tastes like wintergreen. It tastes like tea berry. It really, for the love of God, does. I I. I really doubt that. It tastes like mint. Try it. Do your cold draw. No, I I don't get mint. You get it, don't you? No. You're high. I'm not high. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, let's light this thing. Oh. I really you, do. I'm getting like wintergreen. Do you need a lighter, too? I have matches. <laughs> God. Bjorn, he has lost your cutter. No, I still have it. I still have the cutter, Bjorn. And where is the have cutter, faith. Jeff? To my Jeep. That's running again, by the way. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Did I mention how much that sucked to have a car breakdown? I think twice. 
Three times now. Yeah. So what are you getting on the draw there? Well, I can't describe it. I'm getting a bit of an earthy taste. Kind of cedary, earthy. You know, more, maybe. More cedary. Hold on. Back up. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Instead of wintergreen, maybe I'm getting cedar. That could be. That might be what I was getting on yeah. the cold draw. Okay. Now it's coming together. Coming together nicely. Yep. You're right. It's mm-hmm. cedar. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. I was getting the cedar. It is indeed cedar. And so. you can see where I where the wintergreen and the cedar actually. I mean, I, yeah. I, I guess. I suppose. Work with me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, seriously. That's it. That's cedar. All right, then. Well, now we've established that. At least I'm off the tea berry again. It is off the tea berry. <laughs> it's good. You need to stay off the tea berry. Stuff will yeah, mess you up. They quit making it. Stuff will mess you up. No, it was great. <laughs> this is a good stick, man. You liking it? I really do. I didn't know. So, well, here, while we're on the subject of that, we kind of skipped over because we talked about the um, the background of the company a little bit, but we neglected to talk about the actual cigar. So this cigar is a full-body cigar with dark Habano Maduro wrapper, an Indonesian Sumatra binder, and a blend of Habano Jalapa, Habano Omtepe, and Lijero Habano Esteli filler. You can really taste the Esteli. Yeah, I mean, you can. It just dances on the tongue. Well, it it's actually, just like, it, my it probably God, does. that's Esteli. Now, I wonder, did they make this stick after they found all that gold under Wall Street in New York? <laughs> what? National Treasure. Oh, I've never watched them. No. I've never seen the National Treasure movies. I don't even know if we I can mean, be friends I'm anymore. I'm aware of them, but... It's Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Over-exaggerating everything. It's yeah. great. And it's They're really good movies. They've talked about making a third one. I thought they had made a third one. No, there's two. Okay, I thought there were three. Yeah, there's the first one. And it's basically, it starts off up in, I guess, Alaska or Canada, somewhere up in the tundra. And they're searching for this lost ship. <laughs> the tundra. And the, what's the, what it's called. And they find the ship out in the middle of nowhere. They dig it out of the ice. And they find this pipe. And then the one guy turns on him. It's a whole thing. And then they have to steal the Declaration of Independence to save, you know. What? You've got to watch this movie. How did we get from they found a pipe that was stolen to having to steal the Declaration of Independence? No, I can't tell you now. you got to watch the All movie. All right. Okay. Anybody in the audience that watched it knows exactly what I'm talking about. And anybody that hasn't, well, you should have watched it. So, well, there you go. they steal the, in de- the Declaration of Independence to save the Declaration of Independence. Okay. It's a whole thing. All right, then. And from that, they find another clue. Ooh. And then it leads them to another clue that leads them to another clue. And the next thing you know, they're in a pit. Okay. Like, really down deep. And they're lo- they're stuck. And there's no way out. And they're going to die. What? you got to watch the movie. All right. Well, I can't tell you anymore. It'll ruin it. All right. All right, then. It just, yeah. Well, the bad guy go. leaves them in a pit. All right. Underneath uh, the, oh, what is the name of the church in New York? Um, it's under the, the big Catholic church there in New York. But interspersed through the movie, one of the one of the reoccurring themes in the movie is it's all of the clues were left by the Freemasons. Oh, okay. So that's where the tie-in comes in with the cigar. I see. You like that? All right. So you're not completely crazy. Oh, no. It actually, it's appropriate for the okay. cigar to talk right. about. Well, there you now, go. now, the folks in the Freemasons may not think so, but, yeah, you know. Well, you know. I'll tell you, this brand has been getting a lot of popular buzz on online. Um, there's a lot of people that I follow on 
the the socials that are um, either brand ambassadors or something like that for them. They uh, they really have developed a nice little grassroots following. This is a nice cigar. It's not bad. How, yeah, I was going to say, how are you doing there? Um, it's really well constructed, too. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. Yeah. Once in a while you get a cigar and it's, you know, it's hard on the draw or it's kind of soft. I've ran into that a few times. Well, and this one's just a nice, good, firm, solid constructed cigar. I'm pretty cigar. sure they've partnered with the Placencia oh, uh, okay. family and, and brand and whatnot. So that helps. You know, they've got they've got a nice established company kind of behind them helping them out and, and manufacturing the cigars themselves. So that definitely helps. Well, I'm getting good smoke off of it, too. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that's helping tonight. We talked about that before. When the wind's kind of blowing and it, you know, kind of dilutes the smoke a little bit and you're losing Definitely. some of that sensory, you know, overload you can get from a good cigar. Yeah. And this is kind of hanging in the air and it's really, I'm, I'm really getting the flavors and it's, it's really dancing. adding a lot to it. It yeah. really is. Yeah. So in the second movie. Oh my God. <laughs> so it starts off that they realize that the Gates family helped kill Abraham Lincoln. The, the what? The Gates family. He's. Okay. Yeah. It, his, his family. Nicholas Cage's family. Oh, okay. Yeah. So has helped. They f- realized from a page in a diary that you know their his family was traitors, and that sets the tone for the movie. And he sets out to clear his family's name, and in doing that, he finds a shit ton of uh, Indian gold. All right then. Yep. I think that pretty much summed up the whole movie. Doesn't sound nearly as captivating as the first one. No, it's actually really good because they have to travel to France. And did you know that there is a Statue of Liberty in France? Well, the Statue of Liberty was a gift to the United States from France. It was, but it has, uh, there There also like is a, a Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Well, there you go. And they have to zoom in on it and find something out, and then that gives them a clue that makes them end up at Buckingham Palace, where they break into uh, the Queen's desk and steal something. It sounds very elaborate. It really is. It's a whole thing. But it's the Masons. It's like, you know. It's what they do. It's like uh, Da Vinci Code, only with Ooh, no, you know, that's theft. No, you can't talk about that. What? You can't talk about the Da Vinci Code. Oh, okay. That's the Illuminati. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole different thing. I thought that with the Masons, it was pretty similar. Oh, there you have a mark on you now. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're coming after you, brother. Uh, I'll have Beyonce knocking at my door one day here soon, and I'll be like, oh, shit, they're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As long as it's not Tom Cruise and the Scientologists after you. Mm, it's a whole different level now you of got a stuff thing, right man. There. Yeah. Because those people play for keeps. Well, and they just trample your couch. <laughs> <laughs> they just trample, Thanks, Oprah. trample the hell out of your couch. You know, it took me a second, but it clicked. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise is a weird little dude. And At the least thing, they're enthusiastic about it, though. You know, the thing <laughs> is, well, Leah Remini's not. Well, that's true. She's got a <laughs> bone to grind right there, man. That didn't sound right at Axe all. Axe to grind. Yeah. Bone, bone to pick, yeah. Bone grinding's a whole different thing. Got my <laughs> analogies mixed up. <laughs> but we're going to work that in now. That one's, oh, that yeah. one's in the lexicon. <laughs> bone grinding. <laughs> well, this episode's all over the goddamn place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is going to be funny. We're going to go from our number one top episode ever uh, on Tuesday with uh, with our buddy Jason Squirrel there. That talking thing. To, talking about humidors. And we're going to go to this one, right? which is going to get like two downloads. That thing <laughs> took off. 
No, it really did. No, I don't know that... what in the hell happened there. You people were evidently just dying to hear about humidors yeah. or something. And because... it's a great episode, too. No, I'm really happy and proud of that episode because there's a It's informative. You know, for as much goofiness as there was, you know, in there, um, there was a lot of really good information, a lot of good cigar recommendations, a lot of good tips and tricks for maintaining your humidor. I mean, the one time I can say we were actually educational. And it overly. seems to be working. Yeah. Yeah, overly. It's, it's also our longest episode it, by far. I'm not going to lie. I thought that was going to scare people off. I thought they would look and see 80 minutes and go, uh, uh. No, it went the whole opposite direction. Whole opposite direction. Yeah. That thing has caught fire today. It's got legs. It does. Knows how to use them. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, folks, I don't want to give away too much of the inside baseball here. But that episode is almost double at this point in downloads of all of our other episodes within one day. And some of those have been up for 45 days now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's, it's doubled the exposure of all of our other average episodes. Yeah. I, I seriously big shout out to, um, Jason gross, also known as squirrels creations, LLC on Instagram and Facebook and wherever the hell else he's at. Cause he came on and gave some great information, and evidently the people were hungry for it. Yeah, and if you haven't heard that one yet, folks, go back and listen to it. Mm -hmm. It was outstanding, absolutely outstanding. And you've tried at least one of the sticks that he recommended since then, haven't you? I did, you? I did. Um, so I picked up the uh, CAO Brasilia, and he recommended that. And I'll tell you, that was a really good smoke. It was, it was, it had a lot of good flavors. It was smooth. It was, it was, it was a nice quality cigar. I really liked it a lot. Good deal. Instead of retro hail, this is a good cigar, dude. I didn't. I, I know everybody's sick of hearing me say it. I didn't think I was gonna like it. It's dark wrapper. But seriously, this is a good stick. And you know, I this is a cigar I'll smoke again. I'll tell you what's been interesting. You have for to me, know the secret handshake to be able to get it. Probably. Okay. Probably. What's How'd been, you get it then? Oh my God, are you a mason? Dun dun dun. Oh. No. So, um, what's been interesting for me with this cigar is I've had a few other Hiram and Solomon cigars, and I have found them. <coughs> Try another retrohaler there, bud. No, that was just a cough. Oh, okay. So anyway, I, I've had a few other Hiram and Solomon cigars, and what I have found in the past is that at least some of the ones that I've had, they've been spicy, and almost to the point of ridiculous spice i can't necessarily say which ones i've had and that's and so that doesn't help with this conversation at all to say you know which ones but but i've had some and they've just been really really spicy and almost to the point that by the time i get to the final third i'm just i'm done i'm over it you know it's just it's too much and i just can't do it anymore this one on the other hand i am not getting that spice bomb no and it's been really nice it's very cedary Little hints of maybe cocoa or something in there, but this one has been really nice. I'm not getting the cocoa, but I'm definitely getting the cedar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I Like I said, I just, I genuinely like this cigar. One thing I am dealing with with this cigar is I am having a bit of a tight draw. I'm trying to figure out if it's got like a little plug somewhere in there that I can kind of squeeze and break up. Hmm. But I would say I'm not running. I would say you're not running into that, no, and I can no tell issues. based off the smoke billowing off the end of your cigar. But if you look at yours versus mine, I mean, the mine's like barely doing anything versus you. I mean, puffing away, limping along. 
power through, brother. Got a little smoke going there, but I'll tell you, that, that took some effort. There you so, go. Got this. So, yeah, that's the one thing I, I I will say is I'm having a bit of a tight draw with this one. Burn line on this, though, so far, like, I'll be honest. That's the other thing I've encountered with Hiram Solomon. Burn lines can be kind of inconsistent. I get some canoeing problems and various other things with them in the past. Nothing that's unworkable, but, you know, sometimes i got to give them a little touch-up just to, just to get them even. But I you find know? that with a lot of cigars, especially Well, yeah, I don't, I'm not saying, but, but what I will say is that, you know, I have encountered a lot with the ones that I've had from this brand. But the burn line on this guy, I mean, dude, look at that. Mm-hmm. That's like precision right there. That that's something baby. that's something a Freemason could be proud of right there is right? what that is. So do the Freemasons actually make this or it's the the owners of the company are Freemasons? The owners of the company are Freemasons and they've really embraced and apparently when they went around, you know, kind of starting the brand, they got a lot of the blessing of the Freemasons and everything and the and the Freemasons have really embraced it. And made it their own, so that's been nice. So you should look this up, so we, you know, we're not just talking out of our ass here. But if I'm not mistaken, the Freemasons basically sprang off of uh, or are descendants of the Knights Templar. Okay, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I wish we had a Freemason on to talk to. Yeah, well. they don't really admit they are though, do they? Isn't it kind of a secretive? Yeah, no, secretish club. Masons admit it. I mean, other than the guys running around in little cars in the parades. That's the Shriners. Oh. But that's an offshoot <laughs> of the Masons. But yeah, Masons talk about it. The only ones that don't are the ones that meet in the back room and you know run the run the world's with the Rothschilds and, and, and the Gettys. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. So and the Colonel Sanders before he went tits up. Exactly. Circled back. You see what I did? There? <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> so how do you hate the Colonel? We've been down this road already, Jeff. We I can know. move on. I got so. nothing. So Jeff, there was a bit of cigar news that got uh, released right after. We put out our episode with about the humidors. Okay, and I wanted to touch on it for a moment. Dirty Fabian is no longer with Drew Estates. He retired his tracksuit. I don't know if he retired the tracksuit, but he apparently has left the company to pursue other interests. Fair enough. Good for you, Dirty Fabian. I don't know. Does if he actually go by Dirty Fabian? I mean, people call him that, and you know whatnot. I mean, I I was just. <laughs> It's a thing. <laughs> it's a Drew Estates thing. But anyway. No, I bet he took those goggles and stomped them and stormed out. I doubt that. Apparently it was very, well, I based on the press release, Yes, it was very nice. And um, you and I both know that press releases are always accurate. Always accurate. Totally reflect reality. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I have no reason to think otherwise. He, uh, he Now said, you actually got to meet Fabian, if I I'm did. not mistaken. Fabian was at the Kentucky Bar and Smoke. Yep. And uh, he was a super nice guy. That's awesome. And, and uh, had your wallet. And had my wallet for quite a while. Um, and didn't pilfer it. So, hey, you know, all more power to the guy. But, um, no, he, uh, he it was announced, this, um, you know, or right after we, we put up our episode that he was leaving Drew Estates. And he had very nice things to say about the company. I guess he was with them for 19 or 20 years. Well, how do you say anything bad about it? I mean, they put out quality Product. Well, I mean, yeah, and they seem to have fun, yep. you know. It may be a little... It's a little young for my taste. It, I would say it may be a little, you know, inside baseball for me, baby. But, but curmudgeon. You know, so, well, you know. You're I'm getting old. Stuck in the mud Midwest, but, you, you know. You know, here's the thing. But I'll say, you know. In my head, I'm still 18 years old. 
Yeah. But my body's but 50. But your body's 50 and fighting you on that. It is. Totally. It's fighting me hard the whole way. So I want to be but cool Jonathan, and hip and wear goggles and a track suit. But Jonathan Drew had really nice things to say about him as well. You know, I I'm mean, there, too was, old there to. was a nice. You're not too old. You just look goofy if you do. So. I'd, I'd look like a mobster. Yeah. Old fat guy in a track suit. Let's let's not do that. What so, mobsters? Well, no, you look being in a track suit. Let's just not do that. You don't want that mental image in people's I don't, heads. I don't want that mental image in my head. But anyway, <laughs> but no. So we we you know like I said, we we wish Fabian well and whatever those other interests are. I don't know if it's something in the cigar industry or if he's going off and doing something completely different. I'd be surprised if he would leave the industry altogether. I'd be a little surprised just due to the fact that if if you're going to put in, you know, 20 years doing it, that you uh, you would just completely leave. But, but, you, you but then again, I... you know what? I'll say this. Sometimes you just get burned out, and you just, you just got to go do something completely different. And I've done that a couple of different times in my life with the, uh, you know, with journalism and the newspaper industry. Mm-hmm. Left it. I've sold cars. I managed uh, a family Boy, video of all things. that's something we need to talk about for a moment here. Oh, the cars. We need <sighs> to get some car stories out of you because, folks, let me tell you, he's got some hilarious stories from the car lot. <sighs> I think Nick's overselling this. No, little. no, no. So the first thing that Jeff taught me about the car lot is that there's a high number of released criminals. And if any of my friends that work <laughs> in the car dealership are listening, just do me a favor and just turn this off right Because <laughs> I'm probably going to offend some people. That's that's one of the scary things about the car business. Um, there were, pro- I would say, half half of the people that I worked with on the sales floor at the particular lot that I was at. And I'm not going to say what lot it is. It's out of business now, but... You know, I still don't want to dis- besmirch its character yeah. or whatever. But I would say probably at least half of the people that I worked with there had d- done time in prison. Oh, my. And, half you know. Half is a pretty good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm exaggerating, but not by much. Okay. And it was one of those kind of little dirty little secrets. You don't need to get licensing to sell cars. Mm. So, you know, to be a barber, you have to have a license. Well, in Illinois, at least. In Illinois. And it's yeah. it's very hard to get certain jobs when you have to have a license when you have been in prison. Yes. So the car car sales was one of those jobs that they could come on, put on a nice polo shirt, and go sell cars, and no one had any idea. Wow. And I'll be honest. I mean, after what I learned, I would never let my wife or daughter, girlfriend, I wouldn't even let Nick. Go to the car dealership <laughs> by himself to buy a car. I, and that's not a joke. Yeah. That's, you know, it's, there were some sketchy people. Yeah, yeah. We had one guy um, that actually, anybody in St. Louis could actually look this up. We had one guy <laughs> that took his demo. Because we, after you're there for a certain amount of time and you sell a, I think it was eight cars. You had to sell eight cars before you could get a demo. A demo car. Yeah, a demo car. Okay, so you're okay. driving a demo. Not like a demo then, tape. He wasn't, no. like, rapping in the back room or anything. Well, maybe, but okay. anyway. All right. So <laughs> he gets this demo, and he decides to do an armed robbery with it. <laughs> and literally broke it. I don't know if it was burglary or armed robbery. Broke into a house and robbed the place blind with his minivan, his Dodge Caravan <laughs> demo that had the god 
damn dealer plate on it. <laughs> and, of course, he gets called in and arrested, driving the demo full of the stolen merchandise. Good times. I mean, that's awesome right there. Yeah. He didn't work there anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't think <laughs> Just one day. Just one Steve day. Steve was gone. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't even remember his name. But it was the talk of the dealership for about three days. <coughs> and then And then something else happened. Well, then what else happened? I, I mean, other, trust me, it's there. Come there on, was, more, more car stories. This is fun. There was never a lack of no, this is, this things is fun. happening. I've been wanting to touch on this subject <sighs> for a while, and Jeff has fought me on this. But Well, because some I of the think, records are still sealed. Dude, I think these are hilarious stories. I, I told you about the time I was walking around the dealership selling the car to the people, and there's a bag of pot literally laying on the ground at my feet. Yeah, you Next told to a me. Chrysler Sebring. You told me about all the drugs running through the, uh, oh, through the car. I'm sorry, guys, if you're listening, please <laughs> turn this off. No, it, that was one of the things is there were a lot of drugs that moved through a car lot. Mm-hmm. And like a disturbing amount of illegal contraband. <laughs> well, and think about it. It makes it very easy because if you want to go, say, buy some product from someone yeah, or yeah. deliver some pro- or whatever you're doing. It makes it very easy on a car lot because you got, you know, on our lot that we were at, we had 600 plus cars. Yeah. So you just grab a set of dealer plates and a set of keys and you plate up whatever vehicle you want and take off. And you're always in a different car. You know, it's, yeah. it's very hard to trace and track. Wow. Yeah. It's, yeah. So if anybody works in the car business <laughs> and it's not like that, please don't, you know, hold this against me. But that was, that was my particular truth at this dealership. I was shocked. Yeah. So give us stories. <sighs> Come on. You've got some good ones, man. I know. I know. I'm just, oh, I don't want to do this. Um, <laughs> we had one guy that would go sit out. Um, and, and actually, I worked at three different dealerships over time. But we are actually four. I take that back. I worked at four different dealerships. Okay. All right. Shorter, so we're one, not going to identify. For a long, yeah. We're not going to identify what dealership is where. So but we we had one guy that would grab a set of keys and he would go out and he would he would always pick a used minivan <laughs> because he there was a DVD playing in it and in the winter instead of sitting in the dealership, you know while we'd all stand in there and kind of huddle for warmth and then wait for an up, which is when somebody comes on the lot. Yeah. Um. He would go pick out a minivan, fire it up, get the heat going, put in a DVD, and just sit in the car lot and wait for somebody to drive up and get out of their car. And then he'd just jump out and go wait on him. Okay. So he actually had a head start on us because he was out on the lot and could could get him quicker than we could get our coat on and run outside. Yeah. So, but, but he would sit in there and just get baked. So he'd sit there, watch movies on the DVD player in the van, and just roll smoke, just smoke pot the whole time. And you'd go out, and it wow. looked like a scene out of Cheech and Chong if you walked by this man. <laughs> <laughs> How he was ever able to go wait on a customer, I will never know. That's awesome. He was just hotboxing himself. <laughs> it was it was a thing. So at, at a separate dealership, I'm out on the golf cart, and I'm with one of my buddies. <sighs> I can't use any names. Mm-mm. So I'm out on the golf cart with one of my buddies. Or you can change the names to protect the innocent. Or not so innocent, but either which way. Yeah. And 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 this is kind of a seasoned car guy. He's a little bit older than I am. And, you know, at the time, I'm probably in my mid and uh, early to mid-30s. Okay. And he's, you know, he's probably 50, 55, somewhere in there. Okay. And I'm still learning the ropes. You know, I'm a younger, younger guy selling cars. Didn't start when I was young. Yeah. So, you know, I always tried to hang around with some of the guys that knew what they were doing and kind of learn a little bit from them. Okay. And so we're sitting on the golf cart. 
And I haven't used a name yet, right? Because I don't no, want to use No, I have not heard any names okay. yet. So I'm sitting on the golf cart. So my buddy starts talking about how when he was born, he was supposed to be Pope. And he was predestined <sighs> to be the Pope when okay. he was born. I and mean, at what? this point, I kind of look at him because I think he's joking. Was he, was he like a priest? No. Okay. No, not at so all. So he was just going to rock it straight to the top and be Pope. Apparently. Okay. So back to your Illuminati you talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he starts talking about this and how he was destined to be Pope. And I'm kind of looking at him and I'm waiting for the punchline. There was no punchline. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden it clicks with me. Oh, my God, he's serious. This guy legitimately thinks he's going to be Pope. Well, no, that's the thing. He told me, he said, you know, he said, but at a certain point in my life, I realized I'd done enough bad stuff that I, I... I can't be Pope anymore. God won't let me be Pope. So now I've got to focus on being the president. <laughs> and I'm in the middle of nowhere with this guy at the end of the car lot on a lot, golf on cart. A golf cart. <laughs> and I'm like looking for the escape hatch. So, and I love the guy. I mean, he was the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. But barely stopped taking some meds. Okay. So he starts explaining to me his path to become president. Moving up from the car lot, which okay, nothing against car sales. I was doing it, but you're not going to be president. Okay, okay. And so this went on for a good 25, 30 minutes mm. of this explanation. He had an intense plan then. Oh, no, it was mapped out. <laughs> <laughs> and we finally, I said, hey, you know, I need to go do whatever. Yeah. And Take he finally drives me, whatever. I, yeah. I was coming up with any excuse. So he drives me back up to the lot. I go in, and I go to my sales manager, who's a good friend of mine, and I said, we got a problem. Yeah. And I tell him the story, and he goes, oh, that's just so-and-so. You know, no big deal. Yeah. And I'm like, now I'm pretty sure it's a big deal. Yeah. So flash forward about three, four days, more oddities start happening. And the next thing you know... They've realized that there's a problem, and it's probably best if they weed our friend out. Okay. So they meet him on a Saturday morning before our sales meeting, and they kind of box up his stuff, and they politely walk him out to his car, and things are going pretty well at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Until we look out the window and realize he's walking around the car lot in his underwear. Oh, my gosh. And then I think they had the authorities come. Okay. Yeah. It it was a thing. So he ended up he ended up several it was several months later. He was living in the woods. Oh my gosh. This, no, this was a complete this So yeah, so his path meltdown. to the presidency took went off the rails. Went way off the yeah. rails or involved living in the woods after selling cars in his underwear. Yes. Okay. And God love him. I mean, and again, I really liked him. I mean, I still like him. If I saw him today, I'd walk up and give him a hug and make sure he didn't shank me. But so he ends up living in the woods. And I, I'm lost about three to six months of time here in the story. Mm-hmm. But he ends up working at another car dealership. Okay. But he's not. What do you mean? How do you, how do you work at another one but not? Well, you know, you would think that that would be hard to do. But he kept his clothes in a tree. Okay. So he's still living in the woods at this point. Still living in the woods. But he was living in the woods next to the car dealership. 
The same car dealership or a different car dealership? A different car dealership. Okay, so he's not in like another he's town. So he's not interacting with the people that fired him. No, it's okay, in another town. Okay. But all of a sudden, these poor people look out their window one day, and my boy's out on the car lot talking to customers <laughs> in the in the clothes that he pulled out of the tree. That he was. <sighs> I feel bad even talking about this, but it's true. And so they go out and. They're they're like, what are you doing? And he explained to them that he knew that if he came, if he sold a car, that they'd hire him and he'd have a job. <laughs> so he was interviewing. Essentially, it was at that point that he went away for a while. Wow. Yeah, he went to a hospital. All right. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, I I have no ill will towards the guy. I just I hope everything worked out. I don't know. I have no idea. Wow. None. Wow. And there's probably going to be some people mad at me that I even talked about this, and I haven't said his name, and I haven't said it on purpose. I was say, well, you haven't said his name. But if they, you haven't said if they were within name. you know an eight or nine county area, they're going to know who I'm talking about if they were in the car business. <laughs> it became the thing of legends. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. then, every good legend has to be shared. Well, I, okay. <laughs> but that's that all that that all happened. That went down like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was epic. Uh, so yeah, there. Are, I I have more more car stories. Okay, I'm going to tell you one more. Okay. I'm only going to tell one more, and I'm trying not to do anything that would name anyone. But there was a time, Paul and Dale. That's all I'm going to say. Paul and Dale. Paul and Dale. Paul Dale and myself. We went to. Okay, so we're making up names. No, these are real names. Oh shit! But none of this is illegal, so we're okay. <laughs> okay. Or, or you know, caused anyone to get hospitalized. Okay. So we go. So you're saying Paul and Dale would be cool with you sharing? Paul and story. Dale, I think, would be cool with this, as long as I don't share their last names. I'm I'm pretty sure they're cool with it. Okay. Okay. So we go to a ride and drive, and this is a really neat little thing that they did, and it was for. If I'm not mistaken, it was for the Chrysler 300 or the Dodge um, Mag. No, not not. Yeah, it was for the Chrysler 300 and or the Dodge Magnum. It may have been both cars. I'm okay. not sure because they were kind of the same platform. Okay. So we go to this ride and drive, and it's over out by St. Charles, Missouri, O'Fallon, Missouri, somewhere in there. All right. And let's we take go- a, before you continue. So you're having to relight your cigar there. Is it just because you've been talking? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it went on, out on me while I was talking. Gotcha. Yeah, I had to do a little relight, but no I, problem. I had to do a little touch-up on mine. I was getting some uh, some canoeing after, after bragging about that burn line. Mine's still burning even, but I just had to relight because I've been talking yeah. too much. After bragging so. about that burn line, I had to do some, some touch-up. How is your I, cigar? I like it. It doesn't have that Hiram Solomon spice that I've encountered in no, the past. No, I'm not ones. hitting this much one, spice at all. This one is good. This one is a solid, good... I'd put this in the cedar. medium range for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's cedary, like I said, some little hints of cocoa. Nothing, not like a strong cocoa taste. I've never gotten the cocoa. All right. Well, yeah, I'm not hitting that. There but, you go. Yeah. So, Paul. So, you're going to this ride and drive. Paul, Dale, and myself. Yes. I'm really, I became really, really good friends with uh, Dale, and I really like Paul. Okay. And, you know, they're, they're great guys. So, we go to this ride and drive. And we're there with a gazillion other Chrysler, you know, people yeah, back yeah. in the day. So we do our ride and drive and we do our testing on it. Because you got to pass tests, you know, to get your accreditation. And it helps you get 
like higher they call spins and whatnot. Like every time you sell a new car, you would get a spin, and it was basically this thing where you would get like a bonus for selling the car. Uh, okay, I was straight. wondering what the point of this yeah. whole exercise. So you have to go. Is. You have to do online testing. You have to do these ride and drives. Um, you know, they, they encouraged us. Like, I took several shifts down at the uh, St. Louis Car Show. Mm. And, you know, just explained the car to people when they came. It was I was I was there to look at the spokes models, let's yeah. be honest. I mean, I just was. I got you. Um, but it was a good time, and we got paid to do it. And, you know, so there were some incentives to do that kind of stuff. So, But we go to this ride and drive, and we ride with these uh, stunt drivers. Okay. And it's so cool. I mean, we're just destroying these cars. And now this is a little fun fact that has nothing to do with the story. Those cars are crushed after those ride and drives. Oh, really? Because they worked them so hard. They worked them so hard, they will not let them be sold. So they're actually just crushed and gone after these ride and drives take place. And, I mean, these guys put these cars through their paces. You know, we're doing... We're doing figure eights, and we're basically drafting these cars, and they're they're trying to show like you know the ability of the vehicle, and you know, and it, it let's be honest, it's a bunch of high testosterone, you know, car lot guys, and we're all just eating this. Yeah, up. yeah. So we go to this ride and drive. So we're we're kind of worked up, and you know, oh yeah, you know, cars, <laughs> huh? And we decide to stop at the strip club on the way. Oh home. my! Yeah, yeah, and. It's uh, if anybody's familiar with the St. Louis area, we decided to stop in Soj, Illinois, at a place that was Diamond Cabaret, then Penthouse, and I think it's now Diamond Cabaret again. Whatever. If you're it's... in St. Louis, you know where it's at. You know what I'm talking about. So we stop, and let's be honest, it's the B team, my friend. It was a Thursday oh. afternoon at like four o'clock. Okay, so yeah, you're yeah. not you're not getting the A players at that point. But we didn't have to go back to work, so we didn't have anywhere to be. So we go here and we have a few drinks. Um and it's I mean it's it's a rough little crowd on and off the stage, if you know what I mean. Okay. You know, four o'clock, you know, three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon in SoJ. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. You're getting an interesting crowd. You are getting a very interesting crowd. Okay. You're not okay. getting the you're not getting the cute college girls putting their way through nursing school. You're getting grizzled by life kind yes. of gals. I got gotcha. you. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. So they they already abandoned their college dreams the and hope, have basically just admitted this is their life now. Yeah. The hopes. Okay. Okay. And most of the dreams are gone. Okay. So, okay. So <laughs> we go down. We have a good time. You know, we we fund a few. People's. I still think acid needs to come out with like a stripper cigar. Oh, I know the shame and regret. Yeah, daddy shame. <laughs> the <know>. daddy. <laughs> the daddy. The daddy. Acid. <laughs> Daddy by acid. Daddy by acid. Anyway. All right. So anyway. So we leave and we're driving back and one of the guys makes some comment about, you know, the fact that he's hungry. Now, this isn't really that funny to sit and listen to now. But at the time, <laughs> we're, we're kind of half lit. Yeah. You know, and I'm sitting in the back seat and I probably had the least amount to drink. And I'm, the, of course, not the one driving, which... Figure that one out. <laughs> so there but, um, is something illegal in this story. I, 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 no, so anyway. <laughs> I, I don't think the guy that was driving was probably, he hadn't had enough, but we were all, you know, we were all happy. Let's okay. Let's that way. We're, right. we're in a good mood. All right. And <laughs> one of the guys makes some comment about being hungry. Well, as you know, I'm just a giant mooch. I mean, have you ever seen me go anywhere and not mooch any and everything that I can? Nah, if there's free food, you're on top of it. Thank you. Yeah. So you should see me work on the cheese cubes at a chamber event. I mean, it's just. It's, I mean, it's, 
Yeah, it's horrible. Wisconsin shudders every time you <laughs> exactly. walk in the door at a chamber event. The cows just, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, There's a disturbance in the cheese force. <laughs> so I reach in to my bag that I had at the ride and drive, and <laughs> I pull out all these apples that I stole from the ride and drive oh that were on the table. You had <laughs> apples? They were going to throw away. And I pull out all these apples. I'm like, I got apples for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> And Dale and Paul literally just lose their shit. <laughs> and it was, to this day, we'll still reference that once in a while on Facebook. Somebody will bring something up, and I'll, we'll just say, I've got apples for everybody. That's our little inside <laughs> joke. Oh, but oh, the, selling cars was fun. It was a good time. One of the things about car sales, and I know this is going to sound weird, the less you know, the more money you make. Okay. Unless, unless you're just... A horrible person. Okay. And then once you know how to do it, then you're hurting people. And yeah. I'm not into that. So it was one of those deals where, you know, I, I could sell cars and I was actually good at it. Um, I liked it. But once I realized how it all worked, morally I had a problem with it. And I'm not saying every car dealership is bad because there are some car dealerships that are very, very good. And I've I, one, one I worked at in particular is Stellar. All right. But the one I worked up in by St. Louis – not so much. Gotcha. And they they did things, you know, as far as the customers and on their trades and different things. And it just, it got to the point where I just couldn't stomach it anymore. Yeah. I just, yeah, it was a thing. But I enjoyed the process. And I will tell you, the couple of years that I sold cars have helped a lot of my friends out, including Nick. I was going to say, you helped me out just recently <laughs> when I bought mine because... So I, I'm getting ready to trade in my Ford Escape to get my Pathfinder that I talked about in a previous episode. And so I call up Jeff and I'm like, you know, hey, so I'm getting ready to go into the negotiation. What do I need to do? And by God, it was like a playbook. He just went <laughs> he went up and down like this is what they're going to do. This is what you need to do. This is what you're gonna, they're going to do. This is what you need to do. If you do this, this are gonna, they're going to do this. And it was like clockwork. I mean, yeah. they, they did exactly what you you told me they were going to do. And finally, it gets to the point where the sales guy's given me their best and final price. And so I give him my best and final price, which was lower than their best and final price. And the sales guy just stops and looks at me. And I just stop and look at him. And this it was at this point that I warned Nick what to do. You told me that the next person who talks loses. Yep. And we sat there for what felt like an eternity. <laughs> and it was awkward. And all I wanted to do was talk. But I'm like, no, no, I got to keep my mouth shut. I got to keep and my mouth hard. shut. It it's is hard. It's hard to be hard. quiet. It's very hard. And then I started noticing that he was shuffling the papers. And then I started noticing that he was just kind of like squirming a little bit. And I'm like, yep. wait a minute. And sure enough, he's like, hang on, let me go talk to my guy. Yeah. And he goes and comes back. He's like, all right, man, I think we can do this. And there you go. And I won. And yeah. I won. Yeah. And it was brilliant. If Folks, if you pick up nothing else from this podcast, then just remember the next one that talks loses. The next one that talks loses. Yeah. And that um, applies in so many aspects. It really does. Not just in car sales. It really does. And it's hard. It's hard to sit there and keep your mouth shut. Because it is everyone's inclination. They want to talk. Yeah. You know, and they what? it doesn't matter what you say. 
you're going to lose if you talk. Well, they talk about that in like even homicide interviews when the homicide detectives are are talking to suspects and whatnot. They'll just sit there and be quiet, and inevitably, and and people just start blurting stuff out, and that's when you get get gold, or in this case, you know, get screwed on a car. It's not what I do when the cops are interviewing me. (laughs) Oh God! Ever tell you about the time I got interviewed by the cops? No, I can't say as you have. Okay, (laughs) this ought to be good. Oh, no, this is real good. <laughs> so I, man, I'm going to get sued by a lot of people on this <laughs> episode. So I helped a down-and-out person, a female one time, and I, we had no relationship. There was nothing going on. Yeah. But it was it was somebody that I liked and I felt sorry for, and she was in a bad situation and had to move out quickly. It was a, you know, domestic kind of thing. Okay, and, so she had to and, move and out And I'm quick. not even saying that. I'm not saying who was or wasn't even at fault, but she had to get out and she didn't have a lot of friends in town. So yeah, a mutual friend called me and said, Hey, will you help out so-and-so? And And I'm like, Oh God, I don't want to get in the middle of this. Okay, fine. Whatever. And you had a van and I had the van from the paper. I knew you had the van. So it's got the logos for the paper (laughs) all over it. I mean, it's like a rolling billboard. (laughs) So I go down there and the minute I pull up, all the cops are there and they're all like, Oh, Jeff's helping so-and-so. And I'm like, no, guys, there's nothing going on. Uh-huh. I'm literally being a nice guy. And this is one of those moments that drives the point home that no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> <laughs> because I am just getting raked over the coals by all my police buddies that know me. Uh huh. And I literally, literally, nothing is going on. You know, You're I, literally there as a friend of I a friend. I literally was got, there as yeah. a friend of a friend, and I'm helping somebody out. And it is just blowing up in my face immediately. Okay. You know, so that that being said, <laughs> I I help move this stuff and we take it down to the storage unit. There's cops at the house. There's cops at the storage unit. So I'm getting ripped everywhere I go by these guys. Yeah, yeah. They're all having a good time with me. So flash forward about two weeks and one of my cop buddies calls me and says, hey, um, do you mind coming over? We need to... We need to ask you a couple of questions. Now, mind you, I think it's about something with the newspaper. Yeah. I help out with, like, night out in the park and all these different events and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I go over, and they sit me down, and then the chief comes in, and it's the chief and, you know, the cop. And we're talking. And I finally realized I'm being interviewed. Yeah. Like, for a crime. (laughs) And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. And I said... Am I being interviewed here? Because it was, it wasn't, it wasn't. Uh, it was casual enough that you questioned it, but at the same time, but structured it, enough that yes. you had a feeling that this. Is it something. was not what I expected when they asked me to come over and talk for a minute. Okay, because okay. that that happened a lot. You know, we talk about different things that were going on or different cases that I might be trying to do a story on, and they can give out some information. Can you know how that goes? Yeah, I, I know mean, how that you, goes. You've, you've done enough interactions with the police, you know, around your newspaper as well. So I realized they're interviewing me, and I'm like, what is going on? And they start explaining to me that a tanning bed had been stolen from the house, and a bunch of vandalism had been done, and they knew that I had the van, and they wanted to know if I had stolen a tanning bed in my newspaper. Rolling billboard. Yes. (laughs) And I'm like, what? I mean, it was the most absurd thing ever. Yeah. So, this is the part that's going to get me sued. Oh, boy. So, flash forward a couple of days, and I realized the young lady that I helped out. Oh, man, I can't believe I'm telling this story. 
So I realized the young lady that I helped out, um, you know, is kind of on the hook for stealing this tanning bed. Well, I realize that <clears throat> her and one of the cops had a thing. Oh. Yeah. And that's why I got called in and got interviewed, I believe, because I think the law enforcement agent thought I was getting too close and was going to realize what was going on with him or and or since I helped her move, he saw me as competition. Uh, okay. And may have thought she had another suitor knocking on the door, if you know what I mean. Yeah, which, yeah. No truth to that at all. But, you know, she was a nice girl and I was trying to help her out. And there was, I, I can't say enough how the, much there was nothing going on. Yeah. So it clicks with me what's going on. And it wasn't long after that that they called in the young lady to interview her. And she explained that there was a relationship with the officer. Okay. And she might have had evidence of the relationship. Think oh. back. It, it wasn't a dress, but think back to Monica's blue dress. Oh. So there's some sort of uh, used cloth of some sort. We'll just leave it at that. All right. Needless to say, um, he, didn't, he wasn't an officer anymore. Oh. Wow. But I got sucked into the middle of that and... Like, what a, you see in the movies how these guys get drawn into something. They're literally, like, like you know how it's one of those, like, comedies where they get sucked in and all of a sudden they're the prime suspect in a murder kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happened to me. And it was the <laughs> weirdest thing to watch from the inside. Interesting. I've had some odd things happen to me in life. Eh, you know, you've got more years on me than... On, have you ever been interviewed by the police for stealing a tanning bed? I can't say as I have. Okay. No. You've got it some, was awkward. You've got some years on me, so it was know, awkward. Yeah, I would I, think and, it would be, and it was funny because I was really offended because I'm thinking this cop knows me better than this. Yeah. Well, it had nothing to do with the tanning bed. It had everything to do with whether or not uh-huh. I had a thing with the girl. Uh huh. Yeah. Interesting. No names there either. No names. No names. No there. names. They have oh a kid. <laughs> Boy, you're just throwing out all kinds of details. They have a kid. Oh my. Yeah. So there's definitely proof of said relationship then. Nine months later, there was. Oh, my. It wasn't all on the uh, cloth. All right, then. All right, then. Yeah. They know what causes that now. I know I said that last time with yeah. Marv, but they just yeah. do. Evidently. Sex. So. Sex. Sex <laughs> causes babies. It's amazing. <laughs> Who, oh. knew? Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Well, how was the cigar, Jeff? I like it, man. Did you put yours out? Yeah, mine's done. I How was, in the world? I've been talking. You're talking. I'm smoking. I have said a lot of stuff I should not be talking about on this pod. Most of these stories, I mean, there's like a statute of limitations. <laughs> I love it. Mm. No, it was a it was a good cigar. It was very, uh, like I said, it, it was cedary. I got little hints of cocoa, and uh, I'm starting to get that. It was a, it on was the back a third. Very pleasant cigar, and I did have a little bit of. Uh, little bit of canoeing, like I said, once or twice, just had to touch it up. But all in all, by the time the cigar was done, I had a nice clean burn line. So, nope. I I got no complaints. Man. I have no complaints whatsoever. I, I did like the uh, Hiram and Solomon Master Mason. Which, by the way, I just want to point out has nothing to do with the Illuminati. Because no. Nick made that, you know, inference earlier. 
I thought they were connected, but I don't They're know. They're not connected. Oh well, I don't God. know. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know if they are. Well, you're not in that inner circle. Or am I? All right, then. Well, when Beyonce's knocking on my door telling me that I How, shouldn't have... Why do you think Beyonce is a Mason? Because she's in the Illuminati, dude. But shes I don't think she's a Mason. Maybe Jay-Z is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Beyonce and Jay-Z are in the Illuminati. Hmm. I thought. I heard that. What? Pretty sure I heard that. I've heard Katy Perry, too. Well, now they're not going to let Katy Perry into the Illuminati. Look, watch the video for Dark Horse. They are not going to let Katy watched, Perry into the Illuminati. I swear to God, you watch the video for Dark Horse. At best, she's trying to, like, you know, nip at Beyonce's heels. No way that they're letting Katy Perry into the, what, what into the Illuminati. What do you against Katy Perry? Katy Perry's gorgeous. I don't have anything against Katy Perry. Well, I'm just you know what? I got against Katy Illuminati Perry, the material. ex-husband. Oh, Russell Brand. Russell Brand. <laughs> that is, oh. Uh, oh, my God. Anyway, don't get me started. Uh, that guy's annoying as hell. He truly is. He, you know what? He's he's actually he can be funny. He's kind of like Jack Black. He can be funny in small doses. You know Jack Black in like Anchorman when he yeah. kicks the dog off the bridge, things like that. Jack Black's <laughs> what funny. The hell? But when he's the lead in a movie, it yeah. just I mean I just am begging for the exit door. Not a tenacious D kind of fan. Oh God. Not not. They no. they they travel around and do concerts. I know. I don't get it. Do you get it? Didn't he do Nacho Libre, too? He did do Nacho Libre. Yeah, not a fan. Nacho Libre is an all right movie. Although I and will say that. he was pretty this. subdued in Nacho Libre. That, maybe that's it. It's just too much. Yeah. Telling me on the podcast at times. It's true. It's true. It's true. I mean, it's I true. will say, though, I did watch uh, Goosebumps the other night with Addy. Was he in that? Oh, yeah. he's He oh, plays J.K. Rowling or whoever. Who's the, who's the author in Goosebumps? Oh, not J.K. Rowling. That's... Uh, <laughs> that's isn't that that's Harry Potter? Yeah, isn't that's it? Harry Potter. Yeah, that's a woman. Um, no, R. L. Stein. R. L. Stein. Yep, he plays R. L. Stein in the movie. It's he's actually pretty good at it. All right then, I didn't so. realize they actually had somebody play R. L. Stein. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, okay. Have you ever watched the Goosebump movies? I have not watched the okay. Goosebump movies. No. It's actually a neat little concept because he wrote these characters and they come to life when the books are opened. So he has all the books on the bookshelf. Yeah. But one, as long as they're you know shut. Like shut, the characters stay in them. So yeah. a kid opens one of the books, lets one of the little you know demon things out. Yeah, and it just goes south. All right then, it's a cool, cool movie though. You're just rehashing a lot of movies and a lot of stories that you probably shouldn't be. A lot of stories I should not have talked about. This is the although I think Paul and Dale would appreciate the apple story, but well that's good. Yeah, it wouldn't that. It, the problem is everything I said today is real, and I've left a lot out to not be able to figure out who these people are because there are enough people in the area that listen to the podcast <laughs> that may actually know. Do they up. listen to the podcast? Apparently, based on today's numbers. Well, it's true. Everybody's listening to the podcast. Everybody listened. Everybody numbers. wanted to know about humidors today. <laughs> We're going to have Squirrel on weekly. I, I know, right? Yeah, that was something. Regular guest. Cause... Right on. So, Nick. Yes. I have an idea. All right. Ghost stories. Well, we can do that. It's our Halloween edition. It will be the last episode that we have before Halloween. Yep. And I've got some good ones, and you know that. That's true. You do. My daughter, I have a couple. My daughter Addie's got a couple, too. I have a I couple. Think, and she wants to come on and uh, regale us with a couple of short stories of hers. We'll have to do that before we light up. Yeah, that way we're not smoking with her. Yeah. it's People frown on it when you smoke with a nine-year-old. They do. They, they do. do. They do. So... But well, she wants that's to come kind of, on, so that's she's good. excited. And actually, since that's our last episode of October, 
I have a cigar for us. Ooh, what is it? It we are going to smoke the Manuel Casada Oktoberfest 2019. How did you get that? Well, you know, when you know people, you know people and you can get some stuff. I'm I'm jazzed, man. I didn't know you got a hold of that thing. Yeah, so our friends over Do at the We have to share one or did you get two? No, I got two. I got two. Wow. And the best part, here's the best I'm part. I'm not sharing a cigar with you. No. No. I I've said in another episode, I'm not putting my mouth on anything that you put yours on because I don't know where yours has been. Or in some cases you do. And it's true. <laughs> it's a valid point. Um, no, and the best part is I actually was able to get um, the Oktoberfest in the sizes that we like. So I got you the, the regular Toro, and I got myself um, like more of a 60-gauge. Well, there you go. That's I perfect. I know, right? So we get to smoke an October Oktoberfest cigar and, I guess, tell ghost stories. And, oh, uh excited. Even even get to smoke them in the gauges that we like. That's awesome. So oh. uh, we need to mention our sponsor. We do. So we have partnered with MyMonthlyCigars.com. If you go over to MyMonthlyCigars.com, they offer subscription services. You can pick up a box that's mailed to your house once a month that has either two cigars for $20, four cigars for $30, or eight cigars for $50. And the eight cigar box has two of each of the cigars from the four cigar box. So... It's a good way for you and your friend to maybe, you know, get one and split the price or, as Jeff likes to point out. Hoard them all. Hoard them all. Hoard them so, all, baby. Um, but, yeah, if you go over there and you subscribe and use offer code PULPIT, P-U-L-P-I-T, at checkout, you can either get yourself a discount on the subscription service, the first shipment, or you can get yourself a discount on some of the items that he has in his store because he's got some some other stuff in the store and everything. And they do offer an MSRP guarantee. So basically, all the cigars within that box will meet or exceed the manufacturer's retail price of the box itself. So if you're getting the $30 box, those cigars are guaranteed to cost at least $30 or more. There you go. Yeah. Now, I want to point out, we definitely want you to support your brick-and-mortar store. Well, exactly. And that's the thing and that uh, we always point this out. The nice thing with the subscription boxes is that you can go on there, you can you can get it, and typically when, when I've gotten the boxes, they've been cigars that I haven't tried before, maybe some that I had no intention of trying, but, you know, they were included in the box, and I got to try them that way. And, you know, if you find one that you like, go to your brick and mortar and say, hey, I just had this cigar, I really, really like it, you guys need to get it in. I can give you a good example of that for me. Okay. One of my top... Four cigars. I'm still looking for number five. Okay. By the way, because we're going to do an upcoming episode on that. Okay. But one of my top four cigars is the 1974. By Casada. Yep. And yeah. it is not a cigar I'd smoked before. It's a cigar I literally bought for the podcast to try it out, and yep. I fell in love with it. And now you got to find it somewhere. Yeah, I know, right? I know. So the nice thing with the subscription boxes, you can get a cigar, you can try it, and then you can go to your brick and mortar and tell them to get it. And there's not that risk that maybe you'll say, hey, I heard about this cigar, and I want you guys to get it in. They get it in, you try it, you hate it, and now they're stuck with you know 19 more sticks out of the box, and exactly. they don't know what to do with it. So i got to go look for that 1974 at the Hill. I'm sure they either have it or can get it. Yes. The, so. the Hill Cigar Company, we want to give them a shout-out, by the way, because coming up, this winter, we're going to be I would pacing. hazard to guess probably after our Halloween episode. Yeah, it's freezing to death. I'm sitting in shorts on the back deck. I would deck. hazard to guess that we're probably going to be basing 
at the Hill Cigar. He's got company. himself an electric blanket. He's covered himself in. I'm 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 chilly, Jeff. You are. You were literally shaking earlier. I'm, I'm chilly. Yeah. I'm legit chilly. It's not even but cold. I'm sitting. I'm literally sitting in shorts. But the Hill has been very gracious enough to agree love them. to be our home base for the winter. So we will be recording up at the Hill Cigar Company. So. Anybody who uh, comes on as a guest live with us, you'll be hanging out at the Hill Cigar Company, and I'm working on trying to get a few, few, you know, quote unquote, in studio guests. Yep. Um, I got one specifically in mind that. Well, I'm, and we have I'm a guest coming that, up, and I don't want to say too much about it, but we're hoping to get them on uh, sometime in the beginning of November, and it's a very timely guest. We're hoping. Yep. We've reached out. They said that they would forward my information on to the appropriate person. I have not heard from them yet, so I'm hoping that we can pull this off relatively soon. Cigars for Warriors. I said it. All right. So, yes. Yeah, so, I have reached out to Cigars for Warriors. We'd like to learn more about their program and but, promote their program and everything like but that. But this is the time, if you're going to donate to them to do it, yes. because they can get the cigars out, I believe still, get them out before... The holidays for our warriors. Hopefully. And if anybody deserves to have a cigar over the holidays, it's our uh, folks in uniform. Well, so should I complain about something for a minute? All right. I'm gonna tell a story and uh I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna complain for a moment. They're not gonna come on as a guest if you dog them. I'm not complaining about cigars for warriors. Thank God, okay. I put together a little care box. I went through my humidors, I picked out a few things. It was very nice of you, by the way. Well, that was I mean, very nice of you to do. And I, I, I when you did it, I told you that. I was I mean, very impressed. I've got a large supply of cigars sitting you there. Can give, and you can give me some. Well, some of these were kind of the larger ring gauges that you don't prefer. I know. And I'm uh, joking. I want look. I want my boys in blue, especially. I want the Air Force guys to get some oh, sticks. I was going to say, but like, you can the give cops? them. You can, <laughs> them too. I mean, well, yeah. But yeah, I want I want my Air Force blue to get them, but. Um, you know, we've also got the Navy, you got the Marines, you got guys in the Coast Guard, you got guys in the Army, and a lot of these guys are, if they're not necessarily in harm's way, they're away from family well, over the holidays, yeah. and I think this would be a really nice thing to do and for these guys. And it's a nice way for them to relax. So I put together a little care package that I was shipping off to Cigars for Warriors. Now, Cigars for Warriors, they have dr- drop-off donation sites at a lot of cigar lounges across the country. However... They don't have any in the St. Louis area. We got to fix that. And so, yes, that's something we got to fix. But they don't have any in the St. Louis area. And so I couldn't just run up to a shop and just say, "Hey, here's a Ziploc bag full of cigars, you know, blah blah blah." Well, and and let me say this. The cigar companies can't give away the cigars to the troops. No, which yep. is complete and utter BS. They used to be able to, and that yep. and then the FDA changed the rules that basically said that they are no longer allowed to give away cigars, and that's where Cigars for Warriors was born. Because a lot of times the cigar companies would give cigars to the yep. troops, the deployed troops, and once that rule and, was changed, and let me tell you, cut them off at the knees. So you know, when we've talked about this, I never deployed. I wore our country's uniform for a very short time, and I'm really proud of that. I'm proud of enlisting after 9/11. But these guys are away from their families, and a lot of them are deployed, whether it's in Germany or it's in Turkey or it's in you know Japan or North Korea, wherever it might be, they're away from their families, and a little bit of home, even if it's just a cigar, means the world. And not to mention the guys that you've got out at four forward operating bases still in Iraq and in Afghanistan 
and scattered all over the not only the Middle East, but even into Africa right now. So I put together this care package and I took it up to the UPS store and I set it on the little thing. The, the girl was typing in the address and she asked me, what's in the box? And my first inclination was to just go, what's in the box? But I, I held back. I didn't. Seven. Didn't do the seven reference. And oh, my God. That was awesome. So I, I was honest. I looked at her and said, well, cigars. Because, I mean, let's be real. The, the label on the thing was labeled Cigars for Warriors. You and couldn't just call it barbecue and sauce? No. And it's coming from the cigar pulpit. He's not going to elaborate on that, folks. Nope, I'm not. So, anyway. Um... I couldn't really lie and say anything other <laughs> oh, than... Oh, the look I just got. ...other than cigars, because, I mean, it's, you know, return address is Cigar Pulpit, and it's going to Cigars for Warriors, so, you know, I'm not... It's I'm kind not, of a no-brainer. Kind of not ignorant here. Yeah. So, anyway, so I said cigars, and she says, we can't ship that. And I'm like, excuse me? And she said, we can't, you know, there there's state laws regarding um, shipment of tobacco, and... And nobody's able to ship that. You're you're not able to ship that. How the hell are you supposed to? And get it so to I I said, ma'am, I said I've re- I've received cigars via shipment either from you or the USPS. And she's like, no, no, you you can't ship that. So I said, all right, fine. So I grabbed the box. I left the UPS store. I went straight to the post office, and sitting in their parking lot, I brought up on my phone real quick. The list of restricted yeah. materials that you can mail. Now, did you know that under USPS postal code, you cannot mail cigarettes? Did not. But you can mail cigars. Well, there you go. The, the one time the government actually made an exception Screw for cigars you, UPS. in a positive way, you cannot mail cigarettes and you cannot mail e-cigarettes, but you can mail well, cigars. Well, now they have, there's ex- you Precisely. Know, so problems no, I, with explosions I get that. Up there. I get that. Yeah. So I went inside the post office and I gave the gal the uh, the box and she asked me, you know, the standard question: Is there anything hazardous? Blah 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 in the box. You know, standard thing. And I said, Yeah, there's cigars, but I looked on your list and those are uh, exempt under the tobacco thing. And she goes, You're right, they are. And Perfect. she took the box and, by God, that's that. And I have a shipping confirmation number and. Cigars for Warriors will actually be receiving that box probably before this episode is made available. So the so, moralist story is screw you. Screw UPS, UPS. And the one time I'll actually say it, good job, post office. Wow, you do not hear that. No, I typically hate the post office. Yes, oh, with a passion. Not the you. individual people, although some of them. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's typically... Working in the newspaper industry, you, yes. you very quickly learn that the post office sucks just immensely. But um, We're one of their biggest customers in every one of our towns, and we get treated the worst. Yeah. But in this in case... a lot of cases. Not everyone. Not, not, everyone, not everyone. Not everyone. Not everyone. I mean, there are some very nice people at my local post office. There's and at least... There's at least one that I can think of that... I know who it is. Yeah, you know who it is. I've met her. <laughs> what, what do I always say about her? Oh, we can't say that on the podcast. Oh, I think I can. Go for it. I wouldn't cross the street to piss on her if she were on fire. <laughs> but anyway, um, that be that. I being really the, don't think we should have said that. Eh, but there it is. That being the case, typically I hate the post office, but this time the post office had my back. And well, and they didn't have your back; they had the warriors' they had back. 
There you go. Way to spin that all super good. You like that? That was good. That was good. And you know the so. thing is, you can't call them soldiers. You know why? Why? Because soldiers are only Army. Oh. Airmen are not soldiers. They're airmen. Marines are Marines. Navy are seamen. <laughs> God, Jeff. You, you were going straight there. <laughs> the look on your face when you said that. I had a friend, a friend of a friend, actually, that went into the Navy. And when oh, he went up to Great Lakes to go through his boot camp, the 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 and I don't even know what they're called. The drill instructor, ours were TIs, training instructors. But the drill instructor up at the Navy boot camp walks up to him, and he looks down and he says, "Seaman Samples," and loses his mind. And I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> if your last name was Samples, why would you ever go in the Navy? <laughs> you could have been Airman Samples, and you're just fine. Just fine. I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, on that note... How do they um, reach out to us there, Nick? On that note, you can touch base with us uh, through Instagram at The Cigar Pulpit. We also are on Facebook and Twitter. We have a YouTube channel, Cigar Pulpit, and you can always email us comments, questions, suggestions, hate mail, whatever, to nick at cigarpulpit.com. It's a valiant effort, my friend. It, this turned into a good it effort. It turned I'll into tell you, something. It was a little rough at first. I've but got people that aren't going to talk to me anymore after this. It was a little rough at first, but this turned into a good effort. And I left out a lot of the good stories. There's at least we'll one back. that I can think of off the top of my head regarding a piece of corn that oh, I don't I think there's say that. Anyway. That was the same guy with the clothes in the tree. Was it really? It is. That's the oh same guy. Oh, my God. I don't think there's any way you can tell that story. Um, but by we'll get flagged on on Apple Podcast. That's whatnot. one that if we can maybe have a partnership with the Call Her Daddy podcast, that would uh, those girls would be all in. Those for that girls corn would episode. be all in for that story. But yeah. anyway, that one's go- that one's going to be saved oh for my- another day. Oh my god! Well, folks, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. We love you guys. I'm Nick. That's Gator. Have a good evening and stay smoky. <laughs>